is Bloomberg Surveillance. We need to figure out a better way to get people into work. I think, you know, more flexible workplaces, child care, investments in infrastructure. The number of people quitting their jobs has skyrocketed, which, you know, people don't do that unless they're so pretty comfortable that they're going to find another one. If the unemployment rate keeps falling in the way that I think it will, at some point the Fed is probably going to have to tighten more aggressively than they expect. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning and happy Jobs Day. I'm Michael McKee along with Tom Keene. It's 7 a.m. on Wall Street, 8 p.m. in Shanghai, where China intervened to support its stock market today, keeping it from a loss just as the National People's Congress gets underway. How convenient, as they say. Manipulation or not, it encouraged investors around the world ahead of what may be a slightly less important than usual jobs report here in the U.S. We will, of course, have all the numbers for you at 8.30 Wall Street time, and we have an all-star cast to set up the report and break it down for you. We will uh, begin our conversation with Michael Darda in just a moment. Also today, Robert Gordon, Alan Kruger, Mickey Levy, and as always, Bill Gross from Janus Capital, Scott Mather from PIMCO, BlackRock's Russ Kustrich help us break everything down. Ahead of the numbers, here's where we are. China did finish higher, but only by half a percent, and it took the government to get them there. But that's still enough to encourage buying in the rest of Asia and in Europe. The stock's 600, up two points right now, half a percent. The DAX is up 98 points right now, one percent. In London, the FTSE's up 60 points. That's just about one percent as the back-and-forth schizophrenia in the markets over Brexit continues there. Uh, in the U.S., a more nuanced story. We are up not a lot, but ahead of Jobs Day, there is some green on the screen. S&P futures, three points higher, tenth of a percent. Two-tenths for Dow E-mini futures, 29 points, and a 12-point gain for NASDAQ 100 futures. That's a three-tenths gain. Ahead of the jobs report, bond yields actually lower. We'll see how they trade after the numbers come out. Ten-year, 1.83 percent. The five-year, 1.33 83 basis points for your two-year yield. Jim Vogel of FTN says anything south of 175,000 or north of 230,000, Tom, will provoke a market reaction today. Interesting. I, uh, that's nice to hear. That. We've been so distracted. We've been distracted. Yeah. Well, a lot going on, and um, we'll get to all the politics and everything else as the show goes on. Currency is interesting today, Tom. The dollar lower. Um if we were, if we get a strong jobs report, you'd think it would go the other way. Yen 113.72, Euro 109.87, both uh, stronger against the dollar. The pound stronger against the dollar, 141.58. And look at gold, 12.70, getting up to the $1,300 wow, range, up $12. Well um, what is behind that? I don't know. That may get Michael Darda's attention. He's the chief economist at MKM Partners, a proud Wisconsin Whitehawk Warhawk, Whitewater Warhawk. I noticed the Lady Warhawks in the NCAA tournament this year, so congratulations to your uh, team. Uh, what do you make of the way the markets are setting up for this? Uh, it used to be bad news, good news. Um, the, the, the Fed was at the center of everything, but it doesn't look like we're trading that way going into the number today. Yeah, I think, Mike, if you just take a, a small step back, um, you know, markets have jumped up after a big sell-off coming into the year, uh, basically because the fear when we were down almost 15% from the highs of the cycle on the S&P, the fear was that manufacturing is in recession, the rest of the economy might follow. And uh, recently we've had some better data, at least some data that suggests while manufacturing is weak, it 
perhaps is stabilizing. The consumption figures for January in particular uh, came in better than expected. That's a big chunk of GDP, obviously. And so that has catalyzed uh, a bit of optimism. Whether that will sustain itself, you know, is another question. And then, of course, you know, we'll see what the numbers bring it, you know, at 830. But I always tell listeners to to look at a moving average and not to get too excited about any one number. But, you know, we end up focusing a lot on a one single number every time we get to one of these reports, unfortunately. One of the great themes is wage growth. I believe last time we had, you know, a fill-up of interest there. Michael McKee was sitting up straight looking at the optimism on wage growth. Will that optimism continue? Well, important to remember, Tom, when you're looking at uh, hourly wages, it's really the result of not you know, not just current nominal GDP, but past nominal GDP growth and how tight the labor market is. So what we're seeing is a visible but moderate uh, acceleration in hourly wage growth. Unit labor costs have also been growing somewhat faster. Now, that's caused some optimism that inflation uh, will be rising towards the Fed's target. But keep in mind that nominal GDP is actually slowing now. We've gone from almost 5% in late 2014 down to 3 on nominal GDP uh, currently. And if top lines are weakening as the cost structure is levitating, that is a setup for a profit squeeze. Uh, margins look like they've peaked for the cycle. GDP profits have been weak, I'm so afraid. So where are you on equity markets right now? Where I am is uh, for I would recommend that investors stay defensively postured and and cautious. If we see this market run up to the highs of the cycle, right. I would recommend taking some chips off the table. I think we're we're probably in the last year, year and a half okay. of the business. Well, I wanted to get to that, where, where we are in the cycle, because a lot of people looking at the market say recession coming. Yeah, well, that was the fear coming into the year. The data doesn't support that yet. Um, you know, but I, I do think if we look at Weakness in, in monetary indicators, M1 growth is now down below 4% year-to-year. Obviously, the monetary base is flat post-QE. Uh, in credit markets, under a lot of stress, the last couple of weeks we've seen some easing, uh, but we have a, a lot of indicators that are suggesting a late-cycle environment, not the least of which I mentioned was corporate profits from the GDP accounts. Those tend to peak relative to the economy and relative to corporate bond rates about two years before a downturn, the peak in this cycle. So so far was 2014, um, which means that we're quite late cycle, unless there's a new high. Hard to see that with top-line growth slowing, wages accelerating moderately, and the Fed, you know, out there uh, having already tightened policy and probably uh, would tighten it again if there are signs that uh, the growth is reaccelerating. The Fed has hemmed us in. The dictates of the Phillips curve model are simply that this business cycle will not be allowed to accelerate. And unfortunately, if there's a misjudgment, that could mean a termination in the cycle if the Fed is out there too far in front. Within what we all see in the equity market, and there's there's a fair number of bulls out there, even within whatever kind of bear market you want to uh, describe it, is animal spirits, that is M&A. Without question, the mergers, low nominal GDP, let's combine to find growth. That's We've seen that in history. That's not unusual. Right. What will be the outcome of it as we see a consolidation of American business? Well, I mean, I think, you know, unfortunately at this juncture of the cycle, the outcome is that, you know, we're probably looking at the last year, year and a half uh, of the expansion. That's just a very rough guess, best on 
guess, ba- based on business cycle history and how long expansions go after you have you know important mm-hmm. peaks in in profits. So you know we're probably getting towards the tail end of the of the M and A cycle, uh, end of the business cycle at large. Unfortunately, I, Tom, I'd like to be more optimistic. You know me as somebody who is right. typically uh, runs with the bulls. I was even being. Is this because you're hanging out with Robert Gordon? <laughs> I know. Uh, good timing and having us you know come on today because we do share. Uh, you know, more of a pessimistic view, maybe for somewhat different reasons. But usually I'm upbeat and optimistic. I've even been yeah. called a permable. Um, but we just try to call the cycle in an accurate way with the right indicators. Well, you, and You suggested yeah. the Fed has hemmed us in and, and won't let the expansion go. Uh, they're they have been talking some of the some of the core like Bill Dudley about letting the economy run hot. They've only raised twenty five basis points. You could right. probably go a couple more rate increases and the economy won't notice. So, what do you mean by that? Uh, they seem to be willing to let things go for a while. Uh, well, that's true. They've talked about a modest overshoot in terms of unemployment falling below the level that you know that they think is sustainable, which is essentially where it is now. Uh, and their view is that that's a leading indicator of inflation. That's the Phillips curve. I think that you know there's some problems with that. Historically, the relationships have been anything but tight. Um, and, you know, I would also be quite concerned about the notion that the economy wouldn't notice with a few more rate hikes. Consider the fact that the taper, the end of QE in the first 25 basis point rate rise was associated with severe uh, moves in inflation expectations, credit market spreads, uh, and, you know, volatility mm-hmm. in, in global equity prices. And so I do think that the Fed is powerful, very important, uh, and has, you know, this has global yeah. implications. So 20, you know, 25 basis points may not sound like a lot, but it can matter. Consider right. the fact that there have been important downturns associated only with small amounts of rate hikes, the Eurozone 2011, Japan in 2000, okay. and again in, in 06 and 07. Michael Darda, thank you so much. Really uh, pleased to have you in on this jobs day. Bloomberg surveillance this morning brought to you by Invesco. Factor-based strategies can help investors focus on a high quality, low volatility, and more. Learn more at Invesco.com slash high conviction. Michael Darty gets us started in this hour. Robert Gordon of Northwestern University next. Uh, and then Bill Gross will follow on after the jobs report. Alan Kruger with us and Mickey Levy as well this morning. Future's up too. Dow futures up 24, gold up $10, 12.69 the ounce. Now let's bring in Michael Barr with the latest world and national headlines. Michael. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Donald Trump used last night's Republican presidential debate to fire back at former Massachusetts Governor Mitt Romney, who called Trump a phony and a con man. Trump called the 2012 Republican nominee a failed candidate who just wants to be relevant. Other Republicans, from House Speaker Paul Ryan to Senator John McCain, also blasted Trump yesterday. Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has decided to temporarily suspend work on moving a U.S. Marine base in Okinawa and will resume talks about the plan. The central government and Okinawa's government have been locked in a legal battle over relocating the base, which opponents won off the island entirely. A new trade deal with Europe promises to put about 200,000 Syrian refugees to work in Jordan. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? And Michael, thanks so much. Uh, it is Jobs Day. We will, at 8.30, turn to Bill Gross for his perspective, not only on the report, 
but on the American economy. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by the Town of Hempstead Industrial Development Agency. Find out how to put the Town of Hempstead IDA to work for your business. Call 1-800-593-3870 or visit tohida.org. 